We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rotogrinders.com. Another week in the books. I'm Naluch, Justin Carlucci here with my man Will Priester. What's going on, Chief? A lot of news breaking on Monday that you're excited about. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, if you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I'm, I'm getting even more excited. Not for this season. This season's done. But I, I'm very excited for next season for my favorite team. We'll get into that later. But, of course, man, stoked, excited to come on and do yet another Food for Thought podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this ain't your mom's podcast, folks. Uh, you want the air yards? Check out Pick 6 or anything else later in the week. If you want to just talk sports uh, and talk football with a little bit of analysis, uh, come see us. I almost wish this was a radio show. I, I, I really do. I almost wish this was a radio show so you guys could call in interact with us uh you may have to interact virtually via twitter that, that's that's probably the best way we can do it and we'll field some questions what about how about that luke maybe we start fielding questions and answer it during story time or something to that effect but this this feels like it could be a radio show for the ages uh just putting it out there just putting it out there i like it i like it you know we have some controversial takes i mean see aaron Rodgers and, and what <laughs> well Okay, well, I, I, I won't get into that right now. We'll, I, we'll save it. Blast something out on Twitter. You you have a following, and uh, maybe we could tag the pod and say, "Hey, drop us some questions next week," and you know we'll get to them, even if it's just like controversial. You know, for example, the Aaron Rodgers legacy, things like that. It doesn't have to be about DFS or betting. Give us something to argue about. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> we, we can do that. But yeah, thanks for sticking with us here. We're going to have some great guests throughout the rest of the year. Uh, we had Berg on a few weeks ago. That was a, a blast. We're going to get some of our handicappers from SAO on the pods coming up and some of our uh, Roto Grinders DFSers as well. We got to get Dre on a pod. It's been a while since we had our guy Dre on. Yeah, for sure. Pod, so he's been working out with Parlay IQ over there at scoresandodds.com, which is still free, by the way. So if you're into same game parlays, that'll change the way you bet for sure. But Yeah, I mean, free. Like, I, I can't stress again, Luch, free. You can literally build GPP winning parlay parlays for free. Like, it's incredible. One of these days, Dre's going to hit a couple of these, and he's going to be raking in millions. And he didn't have to sit there and decide whether or not he was going to have to compete with Awesome that day or Big T or who, myself, Squirrel. He's just going to build it. He's going to get a, a very handsome return, and he's going to ride off into the sunset. Not quit the industry, but literally. I mean, it's that easy. I mean, the, the plays have to hit. You have to get them right. But I think we were talking about this earlier today, Luce, just on the phone about, uh, at, at least for me, how much uh, the prop game for NFL, NBA, NHL, and I know this is the NFL pod, but uh, – how much it has impacted my stress level personally and my ability to not have to sweat, uh, you know, a weird player that nobody's on that is meaningless and goes off for two touchdowns. Case in point, yes, the Buffalo Bills should have been favored yesterday in that game. Um, And if I was building GPPs, I would have had, Plenty of Gabe Davis. But, you know, Gabe Davis goes off for two big touchdowns, and your day's pretty much over if you don't have him in your script. Like, right out of the gate, you're like, yep, no Gabe Davis this week. Go ahead and close my computer. Not taking down a GPP. And and that's where, you know, I, I think the prop game and sports betting has, has really changed the way you know, all of us that are connected to sports, we're connected in different ways, and I think it's beautiful. And, uh, man, I'm getting sappy here for a really fun pod, so I'm just going to cut myself off. But I, I think sports betting and props and the props, they've really changed DFS, and uh, I'm grateful for that for sure. Yeah, I, I need to move. Um, I can't play prize picks. I can't do props on underdog. So I'm missing out, you know. I, that that's, that's the wheelhouse. I mean, I'm – Pretty good in the prop game in general. I mean, MLB season for scores and odds. I think I finished up 30 units, which was awesome. Uh, had a great season. Had a lot of fun. Took advantage of a lot of bad lines in like April and May before the books adjusted to, you know, recent short-term data. Yeah, that was a good run. Uh, NFL, I think I posted eight plays. A little virtual pat on the back here, you know. We, we admit when we're wrong, and we are wrong just like anyone else, but posted eight props, hit six of them yesterday. That's good. Uh, that, that's green, baby. You know, that's the ROI we're looking for. So that that was a, a pretty good Sunday for me. But you're absolutely right. And NBA season is knocking on the door. We're already here, baby. And, um, of course, Roto Grinders and Scores and Oz will have you covered for anything that you want. But you pretty much nailed it, especially if you're playing some multi-entering stuff and there's a 12-game NBA slate with tip-offs at 7, 7.30, 8, 8.30, 
Do you want to spend your Thursday night swapping CSVs and Excels and being glued to your computer? You will have nights like that, but you better clear the schedule. You're not going to soccer practice. You're not taking your significant other out for dinner or ice cream. You're not watching a movie. You're watching. And I movie. like going out with my significant other. I, I enjoy, believe it, believe it or not, and I'm sure you will believe it and everybody else. I enjoy that more than this job. It's like 20 times better. And I love this job. Like, it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, working for the company, having the ability to be flexible, take my son to basketball practice, go to his game on Friday or Monday or Wednesday, you know, being able to chop it up with them, you know, and which my girls, they live, you know, out of town, being able to go and get my girls and bring them here. Like, all of that is important. And so the flexibility of, you know, you know, being able to to have a full time sports job has 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 afforded me that opportunity. But man, I love my family big time. So imagine being able to just kind of pull away from the lineup building constantly, because you you know just as well as I know. Even on a Sunday, if if Alvin Kamara gets ruled out ten minutes before lock. I mean, you got to make changes because he was 6,600 yesterday and, and a, a really good play. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, you have to make those changes. So Alvin Kamara gets ruled out and I've got him in a prop build. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the DMP and let it ride. Now, yeah. my 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 my, uh, my multiplier level will also drop, but that's okay. If I get everything else right, I'll just hit the next multiplier level. So it's, um, you guys know I've been an advocate for props and, and so forth and so on. And I still love DFS. I would still like to take down a Millie, but man, if we get sports betting in South Carolina, then that that that's all going to change because I'm literally going to build my own Millie maker right here in the comfort of my own computer with with a parlay. Swinging this all back, parlay IQ is free, folks. It's free. <laughs> it, the beautiful thing about that is you tied that well together. We had no plan to like market the crap out of this right right away, but it's it's genuine and. What does Parlay IQ do? It saves you a lot of time because it builds you correlated plays. This is based on, what, thousands of game simulations uh, for NFL. Uh, we might have some more coming soon, so stay tuned to more Parlay IQ-related news. But uh, right now for NFL, uh, thousands of game simulations that our projections team runs. And once you start adding to your bet slip, the rest of the correlations change. So... You know, predictably, if you add the over of tonight's, you know, Las Vegas, Kansas City game, for example, to your bet slip, a lot of the overs will start popping player prop wise, you know, on the bet slip. And the more overs that you add, if you add, uh, you know, let's say you think Mahomes is going over, well, then the correlation percentages of Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey's, um, you know, hitting the over in these simulations are also going to correlate well. So it saves you time to build rational and profitable uh, parlays and the best thing is you can compare odds so you can put your part same game parlay bet slip together on parlay iq and it it will say okay FanDuel or DraftKings or points bet or whatever should be offering this same game parlay at plus 1100 and if you go on one of those sports books and you can get it at like plus 3000 well then there's some serious value there because these sophisticated calculations are telling you you have a much better shot to win than what the book's going to offer you. And right there is a big green flag, right? Plant that flag yeah. and enjoy the game and, and let it ride. And I love DFS NBA. It's been my most profitable sport um, since I've been playing. I, you know, made a couple of finals, et cetera. But 
Do I want to deal with the 6.59 p.m. Eastern CSV swap when we see that, you know, Dirk Nowitzki? Joel and B gets ruled out. After the game starts? or And you know that one is coming at least once this year from the Sixers. At least once. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid's going to get ruled out after his game is locked. So and I, you're going to have just, to deal with it. Like you said, you know, betting on games, sports betting is booming because it's fantastic. But secondly, it's convenient. It's convenient. And, you know, Parley IQ is just the tip of the iceberg. And I, I think it really is helping change the game in terms of, like sports betting tools is just fantastic. Parlay IQ, check it out. I'm glad we got that in there because I've been using it. Um, and if you're looking for some tutorials, check out Scores and Odds. Check out the Scores and Odds YouTube. Um, our guy Andre does two Parlay IQ videos a week, and he's been like one leg away from really, really hitting some good stuff. And, you know, he can show you how to use the tools while you're watching him on the screen there. But um, elephant in the room, Let, let's talk about the Denver Broncos because I would have like, 12x my entry fees on Thursday if Denver just got in the damn end zone at the end of the game. I mean, Russell Wilson objectively looks terrible. And maybe it's a combination of Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe it's a combination of maybe Russell Wilson is just starting to look terrible at this point of his career because he's got the skill position group. The offensive line isn't that bad, but they did have two pretty brutal. Uh, Denver did not leave that game unscathed. They lost. Um, Arguably their best offensive lineman for the season, I believe, after that one. Garrett Bowles, yeah, broke his leg. Uh, so he's out. I mean, the Broncos are just kind of in shambles. They lost Ronald Darby with an ACL in the same game. Justin Simmons is still a hurt. Uh, Randy Gregory's still hurt. They are falling apart. And this was a team that fooled me, and I was wrong. And I do have a couple of um, preseason futures in with the Broncos. I, On paper, it looked like fantastic value. I did not think there would be – a, this many issues with injuries, and B, just obvious chemistry problems uh, on offense, specifically Russell Wilson and these guys cannot get on the same page. And uh, all, just from a discipline standpoint, that says it all about doesn't Nathaniel Hackett have these guys locked in? And the answer is no, because the Broncos are off the top of my head, one of, if not the most penalized football teams in the league at this point of the season. So it, it, it's that game should not have been a loss. That, that was defining, I think – organizational culture shift for the Broncos this season. I think Hackett gets fired before the season's over. And that's pretty much all I have to say about Denver. I am officially like I'm out on Denver. Yeah. They're they're just not playing good football. And, and Luch, when I say they're not playing good football, they can barely score touchdowns at any time. Right. Like, in a general sense, when the game's not on the line, Luce, they have not been able to score touchdowns. The game is on the line. I mean, literally on the line. And Russ throws an interception to open the door for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, just, I, want, I, want you, I want us to think about this. And, and, and to make matters worse, if you watch the broadcast of that game, which was on Amazon Prime, Richard Sherman is a part of the broadcast team. And once again, he gets to experience Russell Wilson not hand the ball off in a critical moment. And guess what the outcome was, Luch? It was literally the exact same. An interception that pretty much sealed the game for the other team. Now, Indianapolis still had to score. Don't get me wrong. 
But that opened the door for them to have a chance to win. The Denver Broncos are in shambles. Russ looks awful. Uh, the defense has actually still been playing really great. The offense just can't help them. Like that That's the crazy part. If you took Denver's defense and let's say you put that defense on the Raiders, do we think the Raiders are better than the Broncos now? As an example. I don't do know. You... No, probably not. No, no, no. The Raiders look better than the Broncos on offense I mean, right now. Talent-wise, you're right. Defense is playing a lot better than the Broncos offense. Right. But what I'm saying is the Raiders offense looks a lot better than the Denver offense right now. We're saying a lot. That's why I'm trying to compare apples and apples and say, if the Raiders have the Denver Broncos offense in that division, the Raiders have probably won three games. Seriously. The Broncos can't move the ball at all. Okay, I lied. Excuse me, folks. I don't want to lie to our listeners. They can move the ball. They can't score touchdowns. Well, they haven't been able to score touchdowns. And I know touchdowns, there's some variance involved, but they're struggling, man. They're really struggling. And so I think Denver has to be the best, worst team there is in the league right now. Like, they've got to be. There's, there's no way, you, you know, and I think I said this maybe last week. If it wasn't last week, then either way. The Seattle Seahawks are looking like geniuses currently. They traded away the franchise quarterback. They don't have to pay Geno Smith nearly as much as they were paying Russ. And they look way better. Now, they're not winning a whole lot of games either, but the team looks better. Like, they've been saying let Russ cook. Geno's just putting up 300 yards every week. Not 300, but but he's moving the ball down the field. It's incredible. I just, you know, and for all the slack. Nothing to sneeze at. That Saints defense is good. And he, he, right, right. They scored 30, what, 34 points? 31 points, something crazy. And for all the slack I gave uh, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll may not have been the problem. Can you imagine if Pete Carroll had competent football playing right now? Like, Gino, we thought Gino was the gap filler. He's looking like a legitimate starter. Like it's it's insane. He looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. Imagine, okay. Imagine if the Seattle Seahawks had a good defense. Like that's Seattle's problem right now. Their defense is awful. They're not stopping anyone. It's a shootout every week. Do you you think things are just clicking for Geno right now? I mean, he he had some spot starts last year, and he was okay. Uh, but then, you know, he spent some time in New York and some other places where he, he didn't look great. So is it a, a fit? Is it a is it just a scheme fit and things are clicking? And, you know, he has talented wide receiver. I mean, we were worried about, you know, Metcalf's production, et cetera, and he's been fine. He's been absolutely fine. So, and I, I think I said this, um, maybe I was just talking to some friends. I'm not sure. But... In my opinion, Gino looks like he's just run back to West Virginia, put on a West Virginia uniform, and he's just airing it out. He, he's doing whatever he wants to do. Like, and this version of Gino 
could get a starting job anywhere in the league. No, hey, seriously. I'm saying hey, this version of Gino, he Gino could start for the Carolina Panthers today. This version of Gino would help us win football games. Like, I want us to think about that. Could you imagine if the Miami Dolphins had Gino with Tua out, if he's playing like this, with Tyreek and Waddle? Or could you imagine, hear me out here, Luke, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had this version of Gino? And I'm saying this version for a reason because we've seen him play with the Jets. We've seen him play with the Giants. He's looked terrible. But in his defense, since he's been in Seattle, he's seen to have played better. Even his spot starts. Like he had to come in and relieve Russ one, last year, one game, and he didn't play terrible. And so do you think – and, God, this has become a Geno Smith truther podcast. Didn't, didn't expect that today. Do you think it's because Geno started out with the ones all season, had a chance to really get going, get reps in, through training camp, and all of a sudden he's been given a chance? Do you get what I'm saying? Because when you're the backup, you don't run with the ones in training camp. You don't really get a chance to lead the team. People view you as a backup. They know you're just going to come in if the main guy gets hurt. So you do you get what I'm saying? Like Gino starts out the season as, hey, I'm leading the team. Let's get rolling here. Let's get going. Guys, this is where I want to place the ball. DK, if, 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 if it's scramble drill, this is what I want. Beautiful touchdown pass from him yesterday during the scramble drill from DK. Definitely something they would have had to work on. DK, I mean, uh, Gino breaks. DK says, oh, let me just go up the field now. Hits him for a touchdown. So what are your thoughts there, Luce? Because I think him having an actual opportunity to, to lead the charge through training camp, through preseason, I think th- this may have helped him, and then it may just be a good fit for him and the offensive coordinator. It could be a, a plethora of things, but I think that's contributed to it. And then I'll get off my Geno take. Uh, I got something else more important I want to discuss. But, man, this has become a Geno Smith podcast, folks. Uh, hit hit the like button on Twitter just for the Geno Smith segment, that Geno Smith clinic of, of, of praise that we've put on here for the last five minutes. I'm done. Luke, let me shut up. Let you do your thing. Um, Do you trade Geno Smith to a team that may need him? Like, what what is the status of Tua? Teddy Bridgewater got a concussion Sunday. Those could linger. If you're the Miami Dolphins and you're you're pretty much investing, you invested in a lot. You invested in Tyreek Hill. You know, you brought in a lot of personnel. You're three and two somehow. You look bad. You look bad without a quarterback, rightfully so. Yet you, you, you had some guy taking snaps I've never heard of on Sunday. Oh, Skylar Thompson? If if you're yes. I, yeah, Scott, I Skylar Thompson was a was a was a uh he was good at the college level, wasn't gonna win a Heisman, but he was he was a good college quarterback. I'm notice I'm, I'm and I'm stressing good. He wasn't elite. He was good. Was he TCU? No, Kansas State, right? Wait, okay. Was he Kansas State? Correct. I think he was Kansas. Okay. All right. All right. I I put a little thought into it. I was just making a dramatic uh a dramatic effect there that you know, he's not most likely not an NFL starter. Anyway, Geno Smith is on an expiring contract. If you're Seattle, like Sure, maybe Geno Smith's the future. I don't know. I would just, I would call it potentially unlikely. Like, 
but the, but the but the more important thing is that Seattle team is far away because of the defense, right? Uh, most likely. Yeah. Well, let, let me this, say this. Can, can I can I interject like for thirty yes, seconds? Yes. Give, I'll give you twenty-five. Thanks. Here's what I will say about Gino. Gino does not have a lot of tread worn on the tires. He didn't start a lot of seasons, so it's not like he's been beat up and banged up. He's still got plenty of shelf life if the Seattle Seahawks want to say, hey, this is our guy, and they're not going to have to pay him Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford kind of money. He hasn't earned that. Not yet, but do you get what I'm saying? They don't have to pay him $30 million. Gino may be fine with 18. He's fourth in the NFL in QBR, by the way. Fourth. Insane. (laughs) So I don't know. Insane. Like I don't know the the health status of Tua. We don't know when he's going to play again, correct? And Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he'll probably miss a game at least. They would have to be very careful with allowing anybody to come back quickly from a concussion right now. I would think, as the Miami Dolphins. What's happening, Chief? Listen, I I have to know what's happening. Listen. So so many good things are happening for the Panthers organization today. And, and he, guys, you have to hear my heart on this, okay? I'm praying for Baker and his family. I do not want Baker to have any type of season ending injuries, okay? It's not it's about how things are coming together. If you don't know, Matt Rule was fired on Monday, folks. Fired on Monday. I could not be more thrilled. This team was heading in the wrong direction. It started last year when Matt Rule decided that they were going to play three quarterbacks. Like there were some games, I'm telling Cam, Darnold, PJ Walker, like stop, Matt. This isn't this isn't Baylor, right? He was treating an NFL team like a college organization. And that's the read I got from him. Now, when he got there initially, I think the guys were excited. I think he had them fired up. And guess what we did, Luke? We we invested all of our future assets into our defense. Well, guess what, buddy? In the NFL, you got to score points if you want to win football games. And we don't do that very well. And those are the facts. Now, we invested into this defense. And if you're going to do that, the defense needs to be legendary. And I mean all-time legendary. I'm talking about you need to have a Warren Sapp on your defensive line. You need to have a Reggie White on your defensive line. You need to have a Lawrence Taylor at linebacker. You need to have a Derek Thomas. You need to have a Revis Island. Like, that's what it takes if we're going to be drafting defensive players every freaking pick of almost every draft you've been there. And that's not the case. We don't have a legendary defense. They're good. They're not great. In the NFL, if you want to win football games in the division, out of the division, you have to score points. And I'm here to tell you, go back and look at the scores. The Carolina Panthers have trouble scoring on anybody. It's been awful. Then you go and get Baker Mayfield, and Baker has only thrown for 200 yards, over 200 yards in one game, and that's the one game, of course, I better get to my own quarterback and took the under. He throws for 215 yesterday against San Francisco of all teams. And part of that is because they're winning 40 to 6 or whatever it was. 
So my point is, Matt Rule is out. Baker Mayfield is not even playing this week coming up. I'm very excited for the Carolina Panthers to lose again this week. But I don't care. We're moving in a different direction. I don't know who we can get for the Panthers job. I don't know who's out. Well, I do know who's out there. I've got some names swirling in my head, some guys that I think could be next in line. We shall see. But bottom line, this team is going to look different. I can assure you, Justin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed that we will be drafting for offense in this draft. This I can assure you. There's no way we have a season that started like this one and we don't say, okay, what do we need to do? And and guess what? Folks may be thinking, well, you've got Christian McCaffrey. That's great. I love Christian McCaffrey. When healthy, Christian McCaffrey is a beast. When healthy, I don't know if he's going to make it to the end of this season. We've got DJ Moore. We've got Robbie Anderson. We've got to get a true number one receiver. Hear me out here. Love DJ Moore. He's not a number one. Love Robbie Anderson. He's just there to stretch the field. We've got to go and get a bona fide number one receiver, and we've got to go get us a quarterback. These are the things we have to do, Luke, if we want to compete. Look, Look at the big teams. Now, watch this. Kansas City is probably one of the best teams in the AFC that we've seen in a long stretch. And they're going to continue to win football games. They do have a number one receiver. His name is Travis Kelsey. He's the tight end, but trust me, he's their number one receiver. He's their number one option. Right? Okay? Go over to Tampa Bay. They might have two number ones. They have Mike Evans and they have Chris Godwin, and you just got to decide who are we going to let beat us today. Heck, even go over to the Falcons. Perhaps Drake London is the emerging number one. Perhaps. Uh, Kyle Pitts didn't play today, and they still almost were able to knock off the Buccaneers if it wasn't for a bad play call on Mr. Tom Terrific himself. They, They called a penalty that cost Atlanta an opportunity to win the football game. I'm not saying they would have won. They would have had a chance to win. Go out to Minnesota with Kirk Cousins. They've got Justin Jefferson, right? Go out to the Chargers. 
I'm just going to go ahead and say Mike Williams is the number one receiver currently. And he's probably the number one anyway, but Keenan Allen's their possession slot guy. He's been hurt, right? Run on out to the Raiders. Despite the fact that they're not playing great, they play tonight. Uh, they, they play uh, uh, Kansas City tonight. But they've got a, a true number one. Devon. Yeah, Matt Collins. Well, yeah, Matt Collins. Let's, let's go to Go to Dallas. And a guy that, that's like a, a hybrid number one to me, C.D. Lamb. Uh, and, I, and the list goes on and on. Now, the, the New York Giants don't really have a number one receiver. But, but, but hey, they're, they're just figuring out ways to win. They've got the ultimate weapon in Saquon Barkley, just like we have the ultimate weapon in Christian McCaffrey. Problem is we don't have any quarterback play. And we're very conservative. Okay, I'm done. I'm so glad. Matt Rule gets to go spend some time with his family. And I and here's what I will say about Matt Rule. When he goes back to college, he's running through everybody, whatever job he gets. Uh, uh, I mean, Oklahoma's probably about ready to call him right now. They don't look good. Uh, you know, there's tons of other teams that he could go and coach. He will get a job immediately, and he's going to be an exceptional college coach. I'm so happy, Matt Rule, that you go and that you get to go back to college and live your dream. Because with the Carolina Panthers, it ain't it, buddy. All right, Luch, I'm gonna cut myself off. So excited, so excited. Oh man, I'm so ready so, for the 2023 NFL season. Intertwining that with our Geno Smith conversation, I don't think it makes sense for the Panthers to get Geno Smith. No, no, no. But I wanted to point out, A, it's a loaded draft class for the quarterback position in 2023. So whoever comes in will have an opportunity to get his guy. No, they're starting. What? Whoever comes in, they're starting. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What, what, what's, the, what's the draft capital situation like for Carolina? Are you guys intact for next season? Oh, we're, I think we're fine. We haven't, so mortgaged, you, we haven't really mortgaged away anything. So, so the Panthers will add a quarterback and add a receiver or a tight end or all three. And we're going to see a new regime. It's going to be great. Now, I'm saying if you're Miami, and I, this is like a very, very hot take, but if Tua is not going to play for a lengthy period of time, if Teddy Bridgewater is going to miss some time, you know, you trade for a quarterback, it, it takes them a couple weeks to warm up. Miami has some winnable games coming up. They're three and two. They could be a very formidable football team. Geno Smith's on a one-year, $7 million expiring contract. Seattle's far away. It's not the craziest thing in the world to say, here's a bunch of future assets for Geno Smith. If I don't want to bring him back, that's fine. If you're Miami, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're three and two. It's not like they're off to a terrible you know, start here. But I wish I knew the health situation. Uh, you know, I, I speak for everyone that is checking in on Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. But – you know, we, we don't really know. I don't know if there are any other landing spots for Geno Smith right now. That makes sense. But I would be looking for a contender that needs quarterback help. And I, Miami comes to mind. Now, maybe Seattle wants Geno to be their guy. But if I'm Seattle, I am selling high and getting some draft capital with this upcoming quarterback class. If you can get a guy on a rookie deal for a couple of years, build that defense, you know, uh, keep Metcalf, you know, uh, whatever you want to do with Lockett. You, know, you got Kenneth Walker, who's going to have a real opportunity now, who was fantastic in college with Rashard Penny breaking his fibula. He's out for the year. That really stinks because Penny looked pretty good. But I'd sell 
on Geno Smith. If, if in this situation, if I'm Seattle, um, despite him playing really well right now, that's enough about Geno Smith. We can call this the Geno Smith podcast, I suppose. But there was a lot of other stuff extremely notable that happened on Sunday. And I think we got to go across the pond and start there with your favorite player in the National Football League, Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to pass the mic back over to you. Okay. Look, folks, everybody probably thinks, and Luke, you, you can vouch. Most people probably think I've been crazy with my Aaron Rodgers uh, analysis. I even had a guy, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and, and defend Aaron. And look, I, I said, hey, man, he's got to win. He said, football is a team sport. I don't want to hear that. I don't, because guess what you're doing? You're defending Aaron Rodgers, you're giving him a huge pass. Yes, football is a team sport, but Aaron Rodgers gets all the praise for that football team when they win. But we don't want to give him the criticism when they lose. We want to blame everybody else when the Green Bay Packers lose, and we don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers' bad play. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers has not been playing well. I, yeah, okay, everybody's going to win and lose. But that game yesterday, my gosh, uh, closing out the game. And look, Aaron Rodgers has, cap- has capitalized off the, the magicianship of him closing out games. Hail Marys, big throws, right? He doesn't even get that off yesterday, Luke. He doesn't even get the Hail Mary off. Like, they just take him out. Now, guess what? I will, I will say this. That's not all on Aaron. His offensive line has got to try to help him out some. But he's got to get better, man. And he makes too much money to be holding this team back. Yeah, I know he doesn't have the receivers. I get it. There's plenty of teams that have the receivers. And yeah, I know he's got to get it worked out. But when when Mr. Randall Cobb has 10-plus targets in 2022, you know we got a problem. Randall Cobb, folks, had more than 10 targets in an NFL football game in 2022. I already know the Packers' defense. Well, he doesn't have any receivers. He doesn't have, ah, bah humbug, fooey. He's got plenty of receivers. Randall Cobb is not Devontae Adams. But he sure was yesterday. And guess what happened in that game? They lost. It's It's terrible. And we we have to stop comparing Aaron Rodgers to putting him in the elite column of quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is not elite. He's not. He's not elite. Like, we have to stop. He's not elite. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, okay, so he (laughs) he beat the Dallas Cowboys in a game that they should not have won. And I, I know I'm going back in, in time here, but we we all know Des caught that football, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Cowboys should have won that game, like clearly. And I know that's going like way back, um, but Aaron gets too much praise when they win, and not enough criticism when they lose. I'm in the criticism category because. 
if you're going to get paid the type of money you're getting paid, and guess what? Russell Wilson is in the same boat. Like, I'm not going to change my stance. Russ, you can't throw an interception at the end of the game when you're trying to win. You just can't do that. That's awful. You get paid too much money to make those kinds of mistakes, right? Like, way too much money to make that kind of mistake. Twice. Right? Like, okay, you know, if you're getting paid Carson Wentz money, you want to throw an interceptor into the game, okay, whatever. And Carson Wentz get paid paid too. But my point is, when you when you're saying and and you're acting like you're in the elite class of quarterback, then I need to see some signs that things are really happening. We don't here's the thing, Luke. We don't expect Patrick Mahomes to not go to the championship. Or Josh Allen. We, we're not expecting them to be at home during the playoffs. We're expecting them to win football games, right? And, yes, those guys are young. Patrick Mahomes is getting paid a lot of money, plenty of it. And, yeah, he's younger than Aaron Rodgers. The Kansas City Chiefs are still winning football games. The Buffalo Bills are still winning football games. For all intents and purposes, Tom Brady's probably already fallen off of a cliff. Shout out to my man, Max Kelly. And the Buccaneers are still finding ways to win football games while the Green Bay Packers are constantly finding ways to lose, especially in the playoffs. I don't want to hear it. Aaron Rodgers has been playing awful, and nobody wants to say it because they've made him this super great, talented quarterback, and I'm not taking anything away of his talent, but I'm saying in terms of greatness, it's not there. We have to stop. Don't listen to Stephen A. Smith. Listen to your boy. I'm telling you the truth. Stephen A. is telling you a lie. I love it. I'm done. I love it. it. It's such a domino effect. The front office didn't do anything to help him in previous drafts. Except draft Why? Love. His attitude's been poor the whole time. Well, it should like, have been they a should have traded match. him. Ship someone, him should, someone should have ended the relationship. The relationship. We're like, we're like, this is like, Going back to your ex after it's dead. Like, they should have just separated. This should have been long over. Like, either there should have been front office shift. There should have been new ownership or something. Like, get the GM out of there. Get rid of Matt LaFleur. He stinks. Or get rid of oh. Aaron Rodgers. And that's it. That Listen, on the, on the flip side, though, monumental win for the Giants. And Daniel Jones, like, I saw a lot of people comparing him to – Josh Allen through his first X amount of games. When Josh Allen came into this league, he was not accurate at all and very reckless with the football. I feel like Daniel Jones is kind of ascending in the right direction because he has impressive ability to extend plays. He still carries that ball around like a damn loaf of bread in the pocket, though. But that is just something that coaching should clean up. And I think the right personnel is finally there in New York. And I know it's not going to get fixed overnight but if they invest a little bit more in this offensive line and get him a true number one wide receiver because clearly all the experiments have not been working out really stinks about sterling shepherd i hope he gets well he was not a number one anyway he was a slot guy but very dependable we saw some darius slayton sightings here that there's some comps with the giants offense and the panthers offense with a running back who's a jack of all trades and extremely talented, a bunch of receivers who no one's the alpha, um, nobody really at tight end, and um, the difference is the quarterback. And I think 
like I would happily take Daniel Jones right now over anybody the Panthers have on their roster. Chief, I'm not like pouring salt in an open wound here, but like I was very critical of Daniel Jones, but I think I think the right staff is in place to help him. How many times do we talk about a guy could be super talented, but he never has a chance because he deals with three or four different offensive coordinators or coaching staffs. And this kind of had to be it for Daniel Jones to get some help. And I think, I think the right places pieces are in place uh, from a managerial standpoint and on the sidelines right now, because boy, like he threw some dots, like we're really seeing some stuff. We're, we're seeing glimpses of the ceiling that Daniel Jones offers still does some head scratching stuff once in a while, but there's no reason Daniel Jones can't take a leap like Jalen Hurts did or like Josh Allen did. We get him an alpha receiver. I'm, I'm saying we, like I'm part of the equation. I'm not even a Giants fan. I'm saying from, like I'm speaking a third person, I guess. If you get this guy a number one, a little bit more help up front with a full season under his belt with the new coaching staff and then an off season, man, I really like what I saw yesterday. Uh, at, at most times with Daniel Jones, Chief. What's your take on him? Well, what I will say, Luch, is, and I'm so glad you pointed something out, because I am an advocate of if you have a young quarterback and you've got time invested in him, but he's had three and four coordinators and three and four staff, like, you have to try to be, I, I think it's a Dell situation, you have to be fair with the guy, right? Like, you know, when you change, if you're changing the playbook every year, you're changing the vibe of the play call, or you're changing the interaction, you're changing the quarterback coach, you're changing the coordinator, you're changing the running back coach, you're changing, changing the head coach. Like a, a guy can't grow like that. Like in, NFL players, when they're young, notice I'm saying when they're young, they still need stability, especially at the quarterback position, right? To help this guy progress. Now, what I will say is, I don't think Daniel Jones is elite, but I think he can be very good. So here's, here's, here's my Daniel Jones comparison long-term. I'm hoping he can be a Kirk Cousins with less turnovers. Do, do you get that? Like he's not, he's not Pat Mahomes, right? He's not Josh Allen. He does have some wheels. Sneakily, he can run. They can run. Sneakily. Um, that, that dimension that he brings to the table, and you pair him with a guy like Saquon Barkley, and you run some RPOs, I – I think he could be a top half of the league quarterback. And, no, absolutely. And no, enough, I agree. If he has enough help around him and the system's good, you know, then you get into that com- – and maybe the ceiling's higher. Maybe, maybe we're wrong. I, I think I think our current assessment is fair, but maybe, maybe his ceiling's even higher. I, I can't judge him right now. The jury's still out. Like we said, new personnel again, but hopefully uh, Dable and the boys are here to stay, and he doesn't really have an alpha receiver, so – I think he's a top half of the league guy, and I think the Giants can be good. The defense needs a lot of help, though. Needs some help. Um, and eventually, if you want to keep Jones around, you're going to have to throw him some money because he's been in the league a couple years now, and and that first that first uh, time around contract is, is going to expire. So uh, there will be some decision-making at some point. Since we're on the Giants, how do we feel about Kenny Galladay, straight up? Cause I have no idea. Some, something's wrong. Um, the fact that they haven't been able to move him yet, uh, if that's, I mean, I got, I mean, the problem is his contract is just God awful. <laughs> so who, who's like, you're going to really have to be a Kenny Galladay believer if you're willing to to take on some of that money. Um, or I, I guess the thing I'm, the thing I'm saying is 
for the very reasons you mentioned, when he's getting all of that money, but they're still choosing to not have him out there. Like what something what is happening? Because really you know, if you heard Kenny, yeah, what's right. what's really happening? Because if you heard Kenny's interview, he's thinking he should be out there. Um, and clearly his skills didn't. I mean, did he have some type of a skill drop off between there and Detroit? Like, if you can put up numbers in Detroit, you should be able to put up numbers in, in New York with an overall better team. So it's, something's not adding up with Kenny Galladay, and I'm just not sure. That's I don't I have no clue, but it's very strange that he just seems to not be involved at all in the offense. Like, Richie James gets more looks than Kenny Galladay. That, that's insane. That, that, that's insane. Yeah, right. I and mean, we're going to get a real uh, glimpse of what the Giants are made of when Baltimore comes to MetLife next Sunday. But um, in terms of like season long, and you're looking no, at no, no, they're playing the Eagles. Oh no, the Eagles are playing the Cowboys. Sorry, my yep. bad. We'll get to, we'll get to that for sure. Please, I'm making four and one. Please forgive me. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, Baltimore's coming to MetLife next week, but in terms of like season long, and you're looking for bye week fillers because the bye weeks are starting this coming week. Uh, Darius Slayton's the guy to probably add right now. He saw a significant time on the field the last two weeks. Um, let me see here. 60% of the snaps in week four, 54% um, in London. Kadarius Tony was out, obviously. Uh, Galladay didn't play either. Uh, and Sterling Shepard, of course, is going to miss the season. So Slayton, actually, actually, if you want to hear something crazy, the last two weeks – on average, Slayton leads the NFL in air yard market share. So I would there take go a your air yards, folks. Darius go ahead Slayton. and check that box. Check your air yards yeah. box. We, we have the it. analytical side of things on this podcast real briefly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look for Darius Slayton if I need him in any of my deep leagues. I'm in a couple like 14, 16 team leagues. So uh, anyway, big win for the Giants. So many storylines we can get into. Uh, we have a couple more we could hit. What caught your attention? on Sunday that we didn't talk about. So, um, and, and, and I think this one is, it's about Dallas, but it's not about Dallas, okay? So hopefully this makes sense. I'm, I'm going to briefly mention this because this is a team we talked about and, you know, perhaps they may have been turning somewhat of a corner. They, they have had some injuries. I get that. But the Lions just took a smacking on Sunday, 29-zip. And right when you thought Dan Campbell was getting this team to believe, they're going back to being the same old Lions, Luch. And and, I, and I'm very disappointed, actually. Now, once again, I know they've had some injuries, but wow, 29 zip. Um, and, and we thought this team was turning a corner. And once again, the Lions just, <laughs> I mean, bottom of the – my heart goes out to the Detroit Lions fan base. I can relate. I'm a Panthers fan, so I can relate. Now, we haven't been as bad as long as the Lions have been bad. Like, they've been bad. That feels like forever now. But, I mean, it looks – so I think that's just – whew, that's terrible. Anything if you want to say on Detroit? Yes. If I could – if if our podcast was a tangible thing that I could hold in my hands, I would rip up my take from last week where I said, wow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lions are finally fun and then they're going to have to get too competitive soon. There was nothing fun about that game against New England. They're Maybe they're not fun at all anymore and maybe they're further away than I thought. And yes, I'm basing that off of the eye test last week, but Man, you got to show us something. Yeah. Like, okay, if if they lose 31-29 every week, okay, cool. You can't lose 29-zip and, and be moving in the right direction. Uh, and every team's going to have a rough day, but you got to find a way to dig deep here. So that, that, that was my, my Lions take. But, Luch, here's what I want to talk about. And – is this fake or real? Okay. Is, is it fake or real? I know exactly where you're going. Are you sure? Just, just let me have it. Sure. Go ahead. No, no. Like, like lay, lay it on me, man. Let's go. It's, it's, it's about Dallas, but it's also about the Rams. Like, are the Rams a bad football team or not? Like I, 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 is this is this real life for the Rams this season, and is this also the real deal for the Dallas Cowboys? Do you get what I'm saying? Are the Dallas Cowboys actually good, and are the Rams actually bad? Like I, I, I need to figure that out. Dallas, I mean, goes to L.A. 22-10. Matt Stafford's just God on the ground feels like half the game. Why did they pay Allen Robinson to not throw him the ball? And I've talked about the fact that I think as the season progresses, it would get better. But we're f- we're five weeks in. We're about to be six weeks in, and nothing's still materializing from that investment. They might as well go ahead and sign Odell Beckham now. He'll have more targets this week than Allen Robinson's probably had all season. And the Dallas Cowboys running the town, no Dak Prescott. Interesting stat. I was listening to this, and I already knew this, but it was co- of course the way it was put together. Uh, from a vocabulary standpoint, Luke, I was watching uh, Get Up this morning, and uh, I believe it was Get Up. Maybe it was a little bit of first take. I can't remember. I can't. I can't even remember who said it now. But here he said, "Cooper Rush barely throws for a hundred yards passing. No one hundred yard rusher. No one hundred yard receiver." And the Cowboys still win 22-10. I mean, the offense, for all intents and purposes, was just out there exercising. Uh, Shout out to Lord Reeves. They were just out there exercising. And they still won the game, 22-10. Now, they had a big – so and and let's put it into context. They had a really, really, really big – Touchdown run from um, from Tony Pollard. I think it was 57 yards. That, that was like their big play of the game. Zeke had like, I don't know, 70-something yards rushing. Tony Pollard, 60-something, 70, whatever. CD had 52 yards receiving. Michael Gallup was somewhere in the 40s. And, but, and Cooper only had like 100-something yards passing, like low hundreds. Not like 180, like, I don't know, 110. Something, something stupid. And they won 22 to 10. Meanwhile, if you flip the script here, if I'm not mistaken, 
Matt Stafford had over 300 yards passing, and they still only scored 10 points. Lose. Somebody help me out here. Are the Dallas Cowboys good, and are the L.A. Rams bad? What is happening here? Well, what do we know about the Rams? Like, can we make a pros and cons list? I don't know. I will say, whenever you turn the ball over three times, you're not going to win many games. It's the NFL. They were about even in time of possession. The Rams had more first downs. They were just as good at third down efficiency as the Cowboys were. They converted on fourth down once. They were one of one. You know, they ran more plays. They averaged five yards a play. They turned the ball over three times. They turned the ball over three times. They're just – they're not executing, and they're having trouble doing so. I, if you take Allen Robinson out of the equation, which I know it's easy to say the, the what-if game, but he's quite literally not in the equation at all. So after Cooper Cup – you have absolutely nothing in this offense. Tyler Higby is your 1B, and he's a, he's a great tight end, but he's not. he shouldn't be a premier option in an offense. The Rams have absolutely no run game. The offensive line is bad. Roger Saffold's hurt. They're, they're missing players. So they are who they are. They have a couple of very high-profile defenders. Von Miller, very good situational edge rusher. Aaron Donald is the best defender in football. But Jalen Ramsey has had his own issues this season. He's not a lockdown corner right now, right? Hey, bro. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. You know where Von Miller is, right? He's in Buffalo. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So you know who the Rams wish they would have had? <laughs> they wish they still had Von Miller. <laughs> exactly. They That's got a I'm Super saying. Bowl out of it. I-, I was waiting for you to call me on that one. So They got a Super Bowl out of it, which is what they wanted to do. You know, I-, I made the Von Miller thing, and I do forget a lot of things, but that one was intentional because they also gave away Bobby Woods for a bag of chips to my Titans, and I'm grateful for that. So Yes. It's almost like they figured they would be okay doing less with more, and they really can't do anything. They okay. Could, they could have made a nice offer to Vaughn, right? He he definitely, like, I, I don't know the ins and outs. Better weather, out in L.A., yeah. fun okay. place to live. Been indoors he, half the season. He ended up in, in, uh, in Buffalo. Colder weather, but he's, man, does he have a good shot to win. Another championship. Yes, he does. Yet again yes, this season. Uh, here's, so, here's my assessment. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bruce. I'm just saying the Rams are missing missing some of these dimensions that they had. They have no run game, and some of their uh, their you know their defense is kind of in question outside of Aaron Donald right now, and they're having trouble moving the football. So I think I think the Rams are who they are. I think the like Stafford threw for three sixty five. Can't turn the ball over three times against anybody in this league. No, you can't. And let me just say, Dallas scored a defensive touchdown, and Tony Pollard popped them for a 57-yard touchdown. Those were the Cowboys' big plays. You're right. You can't turn over three times. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, like I agree. But they- you also – Stafford but, threw for th- three bills because they averaged two and a half yards a carry on, on 13 carries from Cam Akers. So, like, 
they're one-dimensional. They are a one-dimensional football team offensively, and Matt Stafford cannot extend plays, and I think I'm a little concerned about that. Okay, so let me say this. Let me say this. There's another team that I think has that, that I think played an identical style, and they also could not get to the big stage. Are we talking this season? No. Here's the deal. If Cooper Cup is going to have a 30-40% target share, there's no way the Rams are going to win football games. Like, that, it's, it's, it's impossible. Cooper Cup is one of – he's probably top five for sure in the NFL in terms at the wide receiver position. I would say top two. Seriously. Like, seriously. I, I, I would say top two. But when you're going to get that much action in the offense, something's got to give. And I'm saying, you're telling me Allen Robinson can't pick up six to seven targets a game? Like like real targets. Not like, oh, let me just throw it and see what happens. I'm talking about real, <laughs> safe targets, a quick slant that you know he's going to catch and let him pick up eight or nine yards. You're telling me, Aaron, are you telling me that Allen Robinson can't do some of the things that Cooper Cup is doing. And, and I'm, I'm genuinely saying – I don't know. But I'm being genuine. I don't think it's rhetorical because if we're going to ask Kenny Galladay questions, we need to ask maybe Allen Robinson is an Allen Robinson problem. He uh, Okay, I'm willing to maybe give some wiggle room with whatever happened in Chicago between both quarterbacks not being able to get him the football. You go to, you go to the Rams, if Sean McVay, who's – a top two schemer in the league outside of maybe Kyle Shanahan and getting the guys, the football that matters. If he can't figure it out, then we have to wonder maybe there's more to this Allen Robinson situation than we know about. Well, well, let me say this. Allen Robinson still put up numbers in Chicago. They weren't no, even let. So here's what I'm saying. I'm saying last season he got targets. You could count on him for 40 to 50 yards a game, but, like he, he wasn't going to pop you for 150, but you could count on him for like actual NFL production. What I'm saying is with the Rams, there's literally no real production. So is it a, is it a scheme problem? Is it a target problem? Is it a trust problem? I don't know, but they paid him to come in and be a number two receiver. And he's nothing near that. I mean, I mean, I mean, nothing near that, Luch. Like it's, it's really, it's insane. He's nothing near one receiver targets. What, what, what's your panic meter from one to ten on the Rams at this moment? Ten. I, I'm at a ten on the Rams. Like, okay, Cooper Cup on the season prior to yesterday, had a 36% target share. Do you know who the next closest person is? On the Rams? Yes. It's Higby. At 25. Do you know who the next closest person is? Uh, Probably the Notre Dame kid at like 12%, 15%. 
Are you saying Ben Skoranek? Mm-hmm, yes. It, so he's he's fourth. He's at ten. Allen Robinson is at twelve. That was pretty close, right? Top of the head, that was pretty good. But but here's the difference. Allen Robinson is playing 94% of the snaps. 94. Cooper Cup ran 52 routes. Allen Robinson ran 46. Uh, Has run 40. That was 46 uh, the week prior. Ben Skoranek ran 40. Higby had 14 targets. Allen Robinson had six. So Cooper Cup had 19. Ben Skoranek had three. The the difference is, yeah, Ben Skoranek, out of those three targets, gave us production. Allen Robinson basically did nothing. Like, what? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's not not making any sense. Like, Allen Robinson doesn't have to be elite, but he should be able to catch four passes for 40 yards a game. I agree. Every game, like every game, like without question, four catches, forty yards every game. Like, just give I, us that. I uh, my panic meter is a seven point five. I think there were a lot of injuries yesterday as well. We saw Tyreek Hill get hurt and not return. We saw T Higgins have an injury. A big win by the Ravens, though. Ugly divisional win. And uh, we saw Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about. Um, Damian Harris got hurt. So there's so much up in the air from a DFS perspective right now. Cheap players in bigger roles, like it's literally quite frankly impossible and a waste of time to start hashing any of that out. But there are a couple of really huge games next week. So just for time purposes, let's hash out a look ahead here. And we're going to talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Eagles are the only undefeated team left in football. It was not an easy win. The Eagles showed that they're not going to steamroll everybody in this league. On last week's podcast, we talked about their quality of opponents. Haven't been fantastic, but they did what they had to do. They even had some adversity against the Jaguars where they had a game script not in their favor for the first time, and they clawed all the way back, and that was a real gut check win for them. They went across time zones. Uh, The Cardinals haven't been great this season. It wasn't the Eagles' best game. Uh, They did have some issues moving the ball from time to time, but – They got a win against a team with a dynamic quarterback uh, and a formidable defense uh, across a couple time zones, and uh, that's all that mattered. So the Eagles, three-point win over the Cardinals. It's it's just crazy that as off the rails as the Eagles hype train is, I don't know if it's just because I live in Pennsylvania, uh, mostly, and um, ESPN loves talking about the Eagles for some reason as well. But here we are, and the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants both only have one loss as well. So things in the NFC East are about as competitive as we thought the AFC West was going to be when the season started. <laughs> so here Facts. we are. Here we Facts. are. Where do, what's your takeaway from the Eagles getting a win at the Cardinals? Uh, you know, are you impressed? Because, you know, tough road environment, or, or like, did you want to see more from them? They're on the road. Good. So here's the thing. Good teams win football games. Bad teams lose football games. Facts. Yep. And, and, and I know I say that, I, that's as simple as I can put it, right? And what I'm really saying is good teams, even when they don't play well, find ways to win, right? And, and it's kind of like, you know, the, 
you know, the, the, the better's mentality. And I tell this to people in the all the time about the mental side of DFS and props and sports betting and all of that. Many what people just don't go their way. They hang on to losses instead of reaching out for wins. Right? Mentally, right. They, they, get, they get stuck in that one prop that didn't hit, and it just it, it tanks their whole day. It tanks their whole two or three days. You'll see them bring it up a week later. Man, if this prop just would have hit, I would have been up so much money. Bro, it's already done. On to the next one. And good teams, when you watch them play, guess what? They make a mistake. It's on to the next play. How can I affect the next play? How can I help my team win? How can I impact the game? And that's what I think we saw from the Eagles. Now, granted, it took a field goal miss, and they got out of dodge, but they were still on the road, still playing NFL football. And then, and then guess what? They're going to get up off the mat or, or walk out, and they're going to have to prove it again next Sunday against a, a, a in division uh, against a division rivalry. And if they win that game, oh, buddy, look out. It, fly, Eagles, fly. Because at worst, at worst, they're splitting with Dallas and the Giants if they win. So they, despite the records being really close, they they would be in pretty good shape. Uh, Philly's five point favorite at home, and um, that sounds about right. I think all things considered, I I expected maybe a touchdown or, or maybe a little bit more. Yeah. The other, obviously, the game the game next week is Buffalo at Kansas City. The rematch, if you will. Josh Allen and Mahomes. We have to talk a little bit about that. And uh, just for time purposes, we'll, we'll jump to story time and GPP food of the day after that. A lot of yeah. teams are on buys. We, some of these other teams that are in decent games, we kind of hit on, like Baltimore and the Giants. We spent some time there. Um, yeah, uh, Cincy and New Orleans is another – a uh, big one. We talked about both of those teams. And your Panthers are traveling to L.A. to, to take on the Rams. Is this going to be a culture change, money line victory for the Panthers? Like, are the Rams really struggling? And is this going to be one of those everyone's job is on the line and going to be held accountable for? And are the Panthers going to go to L.A. and get a win? Is that what you're talking about? You talk. You, you said your panic meter is out of control with the Rams. So before we talk about Buffalo and Kansas City, are your Panthers going to go shock the world and prove that the NFL is the NFL next week and beat the Rams? Listen, man, I have no clue. But I, I'm just <laughs> excited that Matt Rule does not take that trip. And, and Baker Mayfield is going to be on the sidelines. I, I, I'm so excited. Um, and look, I don't have anything against Baker. I didn't think he was a good fit when he came, but what did I say? I'm going to support him, and I hope he has the best career he's ever had. But that's not materializing. Nope. That's it's that's not. not happening. 11-point dogs right now. Man, I, I think they cover. My, my, gut, my gut says they cover this one in L.A. Look, P.J. Walker's at least going to run around and throw the ball some. Exactly. Yes, he is. That, I mean – Look, he's got a chance to go through the week with the ones all week. I mean, could 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 PJ could PJ Walker be our version of Geno Smith for a few weeks? If so, we'll be fresh. Yep. If nothing else, let's jump to that Buffalo Kansas City game here, 
And yeah. uh, Kansas City is playing on Monday Night Football following our recording here on Monday afternoon. So we didn't see that game. And we don't know what's going to happen in that game or if anything's up with the Chiefs. But, wow, uh, Buffalo at Arrowhead. This could be the highly – the like uh, most anticipated game of the season so far. How do you get a lean in this one here between these two teams? Um, I, I want to see what happens in the first, let's call it first eight minutes of the game. Here, here's why I'm saying that, Luch. The Buffalo Bills seem committed to not running the football hardly at all. Like they, they're just going to air it out. And historically, historically, getting into a shootout with the Chiefs is typically a problem for the other team, right? Historically. The difference this year, uh, Lutz, I think the Buffalo Bills are, are a better team than the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs want to get into a shootout with the Bills. Do you get, I, I think there's been a slight reversal here where – the Bills have all these home run hitters. Like, even though Diggs, you know, he's going to be – he's going to hit a lot of intermediate throws and get some stuff around the line of scrimmage. Like, he's he's still a home run hitter. Gabe Davis, as we saw yesterday, is a home run hitter. Isaiah McKenzie, if he gets behind the defense, he's a home run hitter. Josh Allen himself is a home run hitter. Like, they've got all of these ways to do it. And so I think the Chiefs may have to keep up with the Bills in this game, which, which is a little bit different than, I think, what we've seen in, in the past. And so I want to see kind of in the first eight minutes here, how do these teams approach their game plans early? Uh, who I, I think whoever gets out, if anybody gets out to a 10-point lead, I think that team wins. You know, that, that's my read on the game. That's, like, that's I, I like it. I, I think of, I think we saw Mahomes mature as a NFL quarterback even more. Because what was if you can nitpick and pick on him like two years ago? What what was his problem? He wanted to force the ball downfield, and and, and even he could bomb it rightfully so every damn play. And then he was like, you know what? I can I can start moving the chains a little bit here, like. I'll feed Travis a little more instead of throwing it down to, you know, screw it, Tyreek down there somewhere, you know, meme or whatever. And but my, if, if I'm nitpicking with the Bills is, do they have a chain mover? I don't know. Um, just to play devil's advocate to your home run hitting point, you know, Cole Beasley was kind of that security blanket. He, you know, you can say what he want and he retired and he hung it up, but he was pretty damn good for the Bills and those, uh, you know, third and sevens and, you know, those, those intermediate throws you just talked about. Dawson Knox is the red zone guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's progressing as a tight end. I don't think he's the security blanket, but you know, Mahomes really figured out how to move the chains a little bit more And and, and I don't want to say get greedy, but you know, take, take, move the chains when you can. Right. You know, um, I think you know, he's Mandel's, been forced to a little bit this season. Yeah. Like not having Tyreek will force you to a different game plan in, in, in certain situations. Um, yeah, you know, you, you, under, there are some underrated speed there. I mean, MVS yeah. and and Mecole, and, and neither of them are, are consistent, and you know, they're kind of flyers. But 
uh, you know, obviously Diggs and, and Gabe Davis are, you know, an elite tandem. You're, you're right. Yeah. So this game is a two point game, Vegas says, and I, I think it's going to be as advertised. I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, but I'd be shocked if it wasn't fairly, fairly competitive. Uh, I'm going to give my, my game time prediction on that. Um, it's Sunday. They're playing in Kansas City. My read on this game is Buffalo takes care of business. I'm going 27-24 Buffalo. And you know what? The, it's a weird spot for the Chiefs. They're playing on a short week. And and I'm wondering, now I'm thinking about this game Monday night a little bit more. I, I My initial gut said the Chiefs just run away with it. But is this a sandwich game? Like, is this a look-ahead spot potentially where they know Buffalo is coming to the 4.30 game on a Sunday to Arrowhead and – uh, yeah, do they have the look ahead syndrome on? They let the Ra- the Raiders just stay in this game longer than they should. I'm hoping it and, goes that way. And you look at Buffalo, and they just absolutely wipe the Steelers. And maybe they're coming off of a high, and they're a little bit relaxed and not as desperate here. But um, you know, Buffalo has circled this game since January, right? You you know, yeah, this they got to get it in. This game has been circled and highlighted with every marker in the box. And cut out and thrown up on everyone's refrigerator that's involved with yeah. the Buffalo Bills organization. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs though. They they man, we're on opposite run. sides. I'm taking Buffalo, man. Buffalo's hungry, and that, that's that's the other one. But one of us is going to win, and, and neither one of us is also not going to be wrong. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> Before we get out of here, do you have uh, story time or GPP food of the day or a little bit of both? Man, absolutely. Um, took my lovely fiance, and you guys will probably hear about her more often. Uh, I had to kind of not talk about her for a few weeks. As Luch knows, I I, I had the ring, uh, I think, about a week before the proposal, so I put that in the safe. And, you know, I was tell- I told him ahead of time when I was proposing, so uh, I didn't want her walking through the house and hearing me talking about her on the show and also I had to keep it close to the vest, but She's freaking amazing. It was her birthday yesterday. Uh, so I took her out to one of our local uh, upscale restaurants here in Charlotte, uh, in Charleston, and that was Hall's Chop House. So we've got a uh, kind of a collection of, of, of restaurants that are, you know, fairly popular, fairly upscale. If you want to do something nice or just go in general, food's really good. Uh, there's another place. They have a Hall's uh, next in, which is uh, a part of Somerville, and then they have another Hall's downtown Charleston. Uh, they have this place called High Cotton. So it's all these really elaborate, nice restaurants that this group is a part of that are local. So I took her to Hall's Chop House. Food was really good. Had a good time. If anybody's local near Charleston, uh, check out Hall's. Once again, you won't be disappointed. Um, it's, I mean, the steaks, man. It's it's incredible, um, the, the, the steak that you get from Hall's. So I, I had a really good time. She enjoyed it. Um, and so I was, I was really good to glad to be able to do that for also got our Keurig. So, you know, during, during story time, let me, let me help all the guys. Let me help you right now. Take your relationship, whether married, dating, engaged, let me help you take your relationship to the next level. If you're not doing this, I'm going to encourage you to do it. Didn't know we were going to get into a little Dr. Phil relationship talk today. Let's call it Dr. Will. Didn't know we were going to get into that today, Luke. If you're not, if you have any type of note-taking capability on your smartphone or on your computer, if your significant other brings something up, 
that they like to do, that they love to have, a place they want to go, just write it down and surprise them with it at the opportune time. And if they go ahead and do it for themselves, that's okay. But ironically, it's the simple things. My fiance wanted a cure, and she had been talking about one. Yeah, I got to get a cure. Got a cure. And you know, I just sat back. I said, "Well, let's see if she does it for herself." So that's what I got her for her birthday. And not only that, Luke. Not only did I get her the cure, I made sure that I got the K cups. See, because you can't you can't get a cure and not have the K cups. I think she's got over a hundred K cups to start. Like I bought like three big boxes. It's like forty four in one and. 30-something, another one, 40. So she's got over 100 K-Cups to kick off having the Keurig at the house. So listen, fellas, ladies, anybody, I'm telling you, you want you want to make sure, man, you just stay, keep the pulse of that significant other and make sure, man, you're always, you know, uh, doing things to let them know you appreciate them, you love them. Um Hey, give them a day off, right? Just give them a day off. I don't need you to wash those dishes today, girl. I got that. Like, you, you just go chill. Uh, anyway, just, just a little food for thought for the Food for Thought podcast. Luch, over to you, my brother. Yeah, you got to get her the K-Cups. It would have been like getting her a bike without the wheels, you know? It's like Exactly. Here's, here's the bike, but you can't ride it. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the Tropicana this weekend. Uh, Woo! Thank you for that not asking good. me. Thank you for not asking me anything about the Tennessee Titans and how long that last thirty seconds of that game felt like an eternity for me. But I survived, and I had my friend Tequila on the rocks getting me through that for, for the one o'clock games. But went out to a really nice dinner at this place called Golden Dynasty, and. Um, Although I do eat a lot of places, I broaden my horizon. I duck for the first time. So uh, we ate some duck and uh, we had some lamb. I don't know what the actual name is, but I called it lamb on a stick. It was also really good and glazed and some really good seasoning. So uh, that was that was a five star. That was a five out of five. Would recommend would eat there again. Golden Dynasty at the Tropicana in New Jersey in Atlantic City. Uh, we're heading back to Pennsylvania though today. We're on, We're going back. We had, we had fun for the weekend, but if you're in the area, uh, that was some pretty good food. And they had the, one of those things in the middle of the table that you spin. So if you want to pass something around to somebody else, you can uh, you can do that pretty easily instead of just – like, isn't it the worst when you're at a big table and it's like, oh, can you pass me the mashed potatoes? And then you got to play, like, whisper down the alley to, like, get the bowl and, like, maybe it's hot and you burn yourself or something. But when you have the circle thing that spins, which name is deceiving me right now, it's like, just pass it around, man. It's like the puff puff pass of eating dinner. <laughs> just pass it around. Lazy Susan. I had my producer whisper in my ear that that's what it's called. Oh the- boy. <laughs> Tropicana. Guess we gotta get out of here. I think it's I think they're calling time. I guess so. Cool. I guess so. Hey, where can the people find you on Twitter? Man, at Chief Justice 06. Uh and have some fun, folks. Laugh a little bit. Hopefully, you enjoy this pod. And uh, we, man, we just we thoroughly enjoy hanging out with you, folks, over the airways, man. It's uh, it's incredible to be able to do this every week. And thank you all for listening. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you can look me up at Jay Carlucci on Twitter. Drop us some DMs, like we said at the top of the show. Send us some questions or some controversial topics or where you're eating this weekend. We'd love to talk about it. So for my guy, Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck and have a good week, everybody.